Hey, let's pray together. Dear God, there are people here who need to be rescued. I pray that you would just show yourself to them as the rescuer. And that they would, that we would allow ourselves to be rescued. There are people here who need to feel uh, welcomed. I pray our church helps them feel welcome. But you know, in the end, that's really just fool's gold. Because the true welcoming is knowing that we are embraced by you. That you are, you're not just a formal Heavenly Father, you are Abba, Daddy. And that you do embrace us and you welcome us home. And for those who need a Savior, maybe those who need a Savior anew, I pray that they would stop looking in the wrong direction. The idols of being known, uh, being famous, and you don't have to be on the cover of People magazine to be known and famous in a community. Be in high school and college, you can be just chasing the wrong things, the wrong saviors. Um, and it leaves you feeling dry. So I pray that they would know you, Jesus, the true savior, the only savior. Maybe they'll know you again today or maybe for the first time. And I pray that that would happen by the power of your spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all. Y'all can have a seat. As our worship team steps down. Thankful for them. Don't drop your glasses. There you go. It's all right. And take a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the back. And you can turn to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. Uh, We are in and we will be in a series that I am simply calling Renew. uh, Because, quite frankly, uh, we as individuals... Uh, need to be renewed. Uh, how do I know that? Because I'm a pastor and I talk to people. I talk to many of you. I talk to uh, many people who don't call this church home. And there is a need for the prayer that I just gave about feeling welcomed, knowing the true Savior, and who there is to rescue you. And so a renewal doesn't just happen when we are, are dry or when we hunger, which we do. It, it needs to happen continually and constantly. We need to be renewed. You need to be renewed. We need to be renewed. How does that happen, though? It only happens uh, not by a person, uh, me. It doesn't happen by a particular pastor. Uh, It doesn't happen by a particular teacher or mentor. Uh, Those are all means, uh, and those are what we might call under-shepherds to the shepherd, uh, Jesus, who is working in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So to be renewed, the Holy Spirit has to supernaturally act and awaken and renew your heart where maybe your response is, I see, or maybe your response is, oh, I never saw it like that, or maybe your response is, I need this. It it can happen in a number of ways. And look, I may not be the means. I may not be the under-shepherd you want. You may need another under-shepherd. I'm not the shepherd for sure. Now, I'm not here to perform for you. I do feel called here to help form you. And I do feel called here to help form this church body in renewal uh, for this city and for the world. So my call is to help grow you, and that happens only by the Holy Spirit. 
You know, all I can do is preach it, throw it. Hopefully, you come in here with the right mindset to uh, have an open heart for the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to start talking about something that is driven by the Holy Spirit, formed by the Holy Spirit. I can't do it. Nobody else can do it. But it's, it's called spiritual gifts. Uh, now, a gift is a very good thing. And we are all, you are all gifted. Uh, if you're here and you're not a Christian, and that is some of you, you do have natural gifts that God, your creator, gave you. Uh, but if you're here also as a Christian, and there are some of you here that are Christians, uh, that gift, or even a new gift, has been, what I like to say, supernaturally infused in you for God's work, for His kingdom, through the church, I might add, and the people of the church. So you, we all have natural gifts, but when we become a Christian, those gifts are either amped up by the Holy Spirit or either new gifts. And I would say that new gifts begin by the Holy Spirit. So you're like, why are we talking about that today? Well, we're going through Romans 12 and we get to this part. Last week we talked about the body of Christ. And over the next couple verses, Paul fleshes out, like the body, specific gifts that all of you have. You don't all have all of them, but all of you, if you're a Christian, have at least one of them. And I'm going to take the next couple of weeks, I'm not going to fly through it, but we are going to address all these spiritual gifts. So let's read. We've kind of started a tradition to start in verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 8. We're going to focus in the next couple of weeks on verses 6 through 8. So he writes, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, In exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. I want to read verses 6 through 8 again. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting in exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. So Paul here mentions some people who know the Bible better than I would say. He mentions six. Some say seven and they include mercy as a gift. 
Other folks say the mercy is tied on with leading. I think that's a minor issue. But over the next two or three weeks, we're talking about these spiritual gifts. And I'll go over each one individually. I won't take, I won't take a Sunday for each one, but I am only going to focus on one today because I think it's an important one. And it's the first one, and it's prophecy. Uh, now, before I, I delve into prophecy, I want to go over spiritual gifts again. You know, Paul opens this according to the grace given to us. So he's talking to Christians, okay? So there is saving grace. Like, you know, you're saved in a moment. You can be saved in a moment, you know, right now. It can be at the end of the service. It can be later this afternoon. It can be later this week. We believe in salvation happens in a moment. That's saving grace. But then there's something, I I just like to call it growing grace. So the grace of God continues in you. So that you're growing in your gifts, Again, some may be natural, like for instance here. They, these are natural gifts. Teaching is a natural gift. Service is a natural gift. I mean, you, have a, you can have a gift to serve before you're a Christian. You have a gift to teach before you're a Christian. You have a gift to lead before you're a Christian. And then there are other gifts that are more supernatural that really, let me be clear on this, they really don't come out. They are not fleshed out until you become a Christian. Prophecy would be one of those. Even exhorting, uh, to exhort brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, to be fair, there are other passages in the New Testament that list spiritual gifts. I don't have time to get into those today. I am going to be focused on a a couple of the passages about prophecy. But if you want to know more, just come talk to me. But today, we're going to focus on the gifts here in Romans 12. So according to the grace given to us, this is... The gift, no pun intended, it's a cliche, it's it's literally the gift that keeps on giving, okay, throughout life, the spiritual gift. And everybody has one, if you're a Christian. And I do think one of the calls of the church, and one of my specific calls, is to help you be formed in your gift, to help you discover your gifts for the good of this body, for the good of the capital C church, out beyond our walls, for the good of your schools, if you're a student. For the good of your colleges, if you're going to college. For the good of your businesses, if you're a businessman, your profession, your clubs, your supper clubs, your relationships. It's, you know, I think one thing, and this is kind of going off, but often we compartmentalize, we'll say, here's my life and here's my Christian life. And that's just not the way God intended it to be. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It's, it's everything. It's everywhere. And often we do it. We say, yeah, my Christian life is Sunday and then, you know, Monday through Saturday. Or maybe Sunday afternoon through early Sunday morning the next week. It's, it's everything. It's everywhere. It flows into everything. So all of you have one. They can be both natural and supernatural. And today I want to talk about prophecy. Uh, prophecy, the reason... I'm devoting one sermon to it is because it happens often where we live. Because we have, I think some folks who, well, they, it's happened to me all the time. They say, I have a word from the Lord, you know, for you or for somebody else or for your church. I'm just curious, has that ever happened to anybody here? Someone said, hey, I have a word. Okay, I have one. Is it just me and one lady in the back? Two. Anybody? Somebody said, hey, I have a, God gave, I not, look, don't lie, I know some of y'all have said that, okay? If you've said it or if you've had it said, well, raise your hand, please. Thank you, okay. 
I've had it often said, I have a word from the Lord for you. So I think it is important to know, like, what's prophecy, what it's not, who can have it, how it's used. I think it's important in the, in the culture that we live in. So prophecy, I want to talk about what it is, what it is not, who can have it, and how it's used. Let me give you some examples of how it's been used in my life. So I have been prophesied over uh, several times, uh, a lot, I mean, this is way before Bellwether Church, even. You know, someone would say, my wife and I were actually at a church in Oklahoma City, 2006. And this was a charismatic church, so full-on spiritual gifts. So if you didn't know this already, I got a little of that in my DNA. If you want to know more about that, I'm happy to talk to you. Full-on gifts, speaking in tongues. By the way, I believe in that. We can have that conversation, Okay. It's not crazy. It's real. And, you know, part of the prophecy has come true. Part of it has not come true. I think some prophecy is, can be true. I think some prophecy, frankly, cannot be true. Okay? And someone, frankly, may just be off in what they say. Or maybe it's their selfish motive speaking instead of God's voice. Okay? So that can happen. But So, like, I've been prophesied over. Uh, my wife and I have been prophesied over. And then... You know, even, let's say, in the 10 years of, of pastoring Bellwether, I've had people say, you know, uh, I, the, God is telling me, I think you should do this. So that would be kind of defined as a prophetic voice. Or God is telling me, I think the church should do this. Okay, I'll, I'll hear you out. So those would be examples. I don't know if that's happened to everybody here, but someone said, I think God is telling me that you should do this. Or God is telling me, I think you should do this. And so it's like word from the Lord, prophetic gift. Now, actually, all of you have had it happen to you because, quite frankly, every Sunday I do it, okay? You may not realize it, but it's not just teaching and clearing up a scripture passage, but a lot of my prophetic, uh, or a lot of the preaching is prophetic. So, let's start first with what it is not. What prophecy is not? It's not this, okay? It's not scripture. It's not the Bible, So I believe, and we believe here, if you're a member, if you've read the covenant, we would believe that the Bible, God's Word, is both inspired by God and inerrant, meaning like it's without error. Now, we can wrestle with things, and I wrestle with things, but it's inspired by God and inerrant by God. Uh, It is 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is breathed by God. All Scripture is the breath of God. So a prophecy from someone is not inspired or inerrant. Let's throw up a couple of verses on screen. First one, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, yes, 29 through 32. I want to go over some other passages with you. It says, two or three prophets should speak and the others should evaluate. But if something has been revealed to another person sitting there, the first person should be silent. For you can all prophecy one by one so that everyone may learn and everyone may be encouraged. And the prophet's spirits are subject to the prophets. Okay. Go back to, can we go back to 29 and 30? Yeah. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should evaluate. So it's saying if there are prophets in the church and there should be prophets in the church and people should be saying, hey, I've, I've heard about this from God uh, or I think I've heard about this from God for your life, for the church, for the body. I think God's saying something to me. I want that. I want everybody to do that. But 
there should be wise stewards who evaluate it. He's like, okay, let's take what you said, and does it connect, does it align with what Scripture says? Because this is the final authority. Okay? Another passage, 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21. You don't have to flip this in the Bible, but I hope you're taking a few notes. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. To me, that passage is saying prophecies are good, but it may not all be true. I mean, it may not. Test it. Hold on to the good stuff. Leave the bad. I mean, that's as simple as I can put it. I think often, you know, we, we walk and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And obviously, you can't refute someone. This has happened to me. Like, someone said, hey, I have a word from the Lord. Well, I mean, I can't, I mean, I can't refute God. And if he gave you a word or, you know, the Holy Spirit has said this. And early in my Christian life when I was less mature, and I have been less mature, I didn't know how to respond to that. The Holy Spirit told me this. I can't argue with the Holy Spirit. Oh, but now I would say, but you're not the Holy Spirit. Okay? And... I have God's word, and as I've grown in it, I've learned that there should be words from the Lord, but you need to evaluate it. You need to test it. And some of it will be good. Some of it will prove true, I believe, because it is a spiritual gift. Some of it won't. It just just won't. Now you said, well, is it a word from the Lord or not? I I mean, I don't know. It could be a mixture of sinfulness and selfishness. It could be Satan throwing in there. I mean, he, he does work to disarm and harm. But we've got to be careful, and we've always got to go back to Scripture. If you remember nothing else I said here, know this church believes the Bible. We always have to go back, back to God's Word, to Scripture. Not opinions, not even reason. Those are good things, but go down to Scripture, foundations. So uh, what, what is prophecy? I said what it's not. What is it? I mean, it is a revelation. It is true. It is good. Honestly, it's happened to me more than I've spoken it because sometimes I've not wanted to hurt people's feelings. Uh, other times I've been very humble, like that, I don't think that would come through me. Uh, I have grown more confident in my, I guess, discipleship, my, my spiritual maturity to, to say it more, but it can happen. I think it's happened through many of you, a revelation from God. So it's a, put it this way, so it's a supernatural revelation that you get, prayer, uh, silence, you don't have to be silent. It can be just in any moment through the natural means of your, of your mind. Your mind is a natural means. Your body, your voice, uh, that then is spoken out to people. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be a preacher to be a prophet. It can be one-on-one. It can be in a small group. But it's a, it's a revelation. Let's throw a couple other verses up here. I love this verse. Acts 2, 17. Love this verse. Because this is the time we're in right now. Okay? It will be in the last days. So I think we're in the last days. Now, last days could be 30 years, could be 300 years, could be another 1,000 years, okay? But we're moving into the last days because I believe Jesus will come again. Again, believe in the Bible. I believe the skies will part. Jesus will come. He'll be riding a white horse. You're like, how do you believe that? Well, that's what the Bible says. That's what I base my life on. In the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And this is, this is why I say at the beginning, man, if you're here, the, the main point I want you to know is God has just begun with you on all people. All people have the potential, the power, can tap into it. 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons, you young men out there, your daughters, you young girls out there, will prophecy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So I love God's always beginning. You'll be like, life's over. No, it's not. It's just begun. You're like, well, life is over in heaven. No, it's not. Not even in heaven. It's just begun. The next day is always better than the last in Christianity. We are a future-oriented faith. I want you to know that. I prophesy that to you, wherever you are in life. Another one, 1 Corinthians 14. Put that up there. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in another tongue is not speaking to people but to God, since no one understands him. He speaks mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, verse 3, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Put verse 1 back up there, please. I'll highlight it in a minute. What prophecy is, is it should be an encouragement. It should never be tearing someone down. And I've been in experience where people have tried to use the Lord's name to tear people down. And then, quite frankly, that's just evil. Okay? It should be building up. It should be a word of encouragement. It should be edifying, edifying for a life, edifying for the life of the church. It should be good. It should be good news. Even if it's like a prophecy about, you know, I think you're, I've happened, this has happened to me both on both ends, receiving it and sharing it. You know, I think you're, you know, I think you're off here. I think you're off on, uh, in this manner of, of life. But it's said in such a way that, like, it, it's encouraging, it's it's edifying. It's, it's for your good. It's like, I love you, brother. I, you know, I love you, sister. I, I don't want to see you like this. I want to I help you. I want your life to be better. I want your life to flourish. I want you to have abundant life. That's, it's always a starting point for the, for the church. But it is a revelation that, that God gives you. I'll give you a couple examples. And one of these has happened. One, who knows, the other one maybe. This one may be a... a Prophetic word. But an example could be, you know, we have a partner church. We talked about India. We have a partner church in Italy. And, you know, I think they, you know, just God's just putting that church on my, on my heart and on my mind. And I think they, they need help, maybe some, some people help and maybe some financial help. And then after church, someone comes up and is like, man, I just, you know, I've heard, you know, a couple months back about that church in India. And you know, God's really put my, that on my heart too. And, you know, it's just, you just mentioned it, I know what happened and, you know, Bam, there's the Holy Spirit at work. That's, that's just an example, but that, that can happen. That might, you know, after church. One example that has happened, saying like, I've encouraged a, a big passion of mine is, you know, living your faith at work. You know, not necessarily saying, you know, if you died tonight, where would you go? But just like living your faith in, in business, in medicine, in, in law, and saying, you know, being inspired to start a, a time of fellowship, Bible study, you don't even have to call it a Bible study. Small group of believers in your, in your business, in your corporate office, in that. And so, you know, I'd say that, and this was a couple years back, and then someone came. He's like, man, I've been having that 
desire, that, that interest, and it just, that connected. And I think that's the Lord saying, you know, go with it. So it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's miraculous. It's just how the Spirit, like, like one person be thinking something and then someone else, and you don't know it until you speak it out, and then that person, those connections happen. And, and I've seen this over and over again. I've seen this over and over again at Bellwether. I've seen this over again in, in ministries that have started and grown through here. I've seen it in people's lives. I mean, the Spirit is just, it's, it, I mean, it's all powerful. Genesis 1-1, the Spirit, or 1-2, the Spirit of God hovering above the waters. I mean, the creator of all the cosmos is like living and working and speaking to you and us. It's amazing. That's why we're so uh, emphatic, to use that word about worship. Uh, we prayed earlier as we take communion, you know, that God has given the gifts, you know, just give the glory to Him, you know. Put the walls down. Just be open to the Spirit, to the Spirit's leading. Two more, two more answers real quick. Who can have this gift? And this is, man, I want you to hear this so much. Who can have this gift? Anyone. Some of the other gifts are more natural. Teaching, not everybody's a natural teacher. Leading, everybody, anybody can be a leader for Christ, but some people are specifically equipped with leadership gifts. They're more natural, okay? Anybody, anybody, be a prophet. You're like, is that your opinion? That's going back to the Bible. Put, uh, no, put 1 Corinthians 14, 14, 1. Sorry. What it says, pursue love. And I believe, look, he's talking to the church in Corinth. He's talking to Bellwether Church today, Paul. Verse 14, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. I take that he's saying to all of you, desire these spiritual gifts and really pray that you have the gift of prophecy. That you realize it when you see it. That you steward it well. So everyone here can be a prophet. Okay? Now that may be like too holy roller language or that may not be your thing or cool. But you know, I've seen a lot of prophets rise forth both here and love and history and, and People who never expected to be a prophet, and God just gave a word to them. Well, you see it in the Bible. Old Testament, Jeremiah, Isaiah, David, Moses, Jonah. And then you go to Acts. Your young men, your kids, you're going to prophesy. Your girls, you're going to prophesy. Your old men who think life's done will have a prophetic gift. Who can? Anyone can. But you got to get with God. And this is something, obviously, the sabbatical, you've, you know, I've been hitting on this. you got to have time, just like you and the Lord. you got to, and time with you and the Lord, you got to slow things down. you got to still things up. you got to be still. you got to be silent. you got to hear Him. Anybody can have a word from the Lord, but you got to listen to the Lord. And all the clutter and noise going on is going to, Totally just, you know, take that, take that away. So, man, I, I encourage you, man, have time. You know, I don't, I don't like cliches. I don't like, like, Sunday school type language. But, you know, I mean, yeah, quiet time, time with the Lord, whatever, you know, make it happen, please, for your life, for this, the life of this church, for the kingdom. Uh, words from the Lord, through Scripture, much more important than 
anything I would say, anything a mentor would say. And I, I hope and I encourage and I pray and that you would just make that happen. Last thing is, how do we use it? And this is important, and kind of this ties into what I've been talking about. How do, we, how do we use this gift? Well, I mean, it connects to what God's Word said. Use it, verse 6, Romans 12. Use it according to the proportion of one's faith. Use it according to the proportion of one's faith. So it's tied to faith. So how do you use if you have the gift of prophecy, if you desire the gift of prophecy, and I hope you all do, how do you, how do you, how do you roll with it? Well, first, faith exalts Jesus Christ. What is faith? Faith is believing in Jesus Christ. Faith is uplifting Jesus Christ. Faith is saying, I see a big God. I don't see a big me. Okay? Faith is exalting Christ, not exalting yourself, not exalting another, exalting Christ. So it should be done, prophecy to, like, man, this is... This is exalting Christ. I'm honoring Him. I'm putting Him first. I think you do it also in humility and boldness. So both. As I've said, sometimes I've, I've gotten a word from the Lord and I have not been bold enough to share it. Either I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I was worried about the chain reaction that it would cause in relationships and it would stir the pot. Okay? I've tried to do it in humility, and often a prophetic word, it's just going to stir the pot. It's going to affect things, okay? But I think God calls us to speak into people's lives. I think you try to do it with humility. Try to do it with boldness. So in, in preaching here, you know, I could boldly say a lot of you are not where you should be. But the good news is, is that you can begin again at any moment and quickly quickly be on a f- fast track to growing in Christ anytime and then last it needs to be done in love last verse put up there Galatians 5 6 for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor organ- circumcision accomplish anything what matters is faith working through love in proportion to our faith Faith has to work in love. So if you have a word to say to a brother or sister, and it's not like beginning and ending in love, if it's not for the encouragement, for the, for the edification, and that's upbuilding. If you're not trying to build someone up, you're not trying to, to love somebody, then you should check your motives. Uh, then you should check your agenda. Uh, and I say that because often we, we give a prophetic word or we prophesy even when we don't realize it. Because we all have opinions, right? And I mean, we like to share opinions, right? I mean, we're good southern-going church folks, okay? We like to share our opinions. And we know what's best, right? I mean, we do. And so, and we're vocal, okay? And that's a, a good thing. So often we're doing it, and it's just not in love at all. And I'm not talking about us here. I'm talking about just people in general. I mean, so I think... Think before we speak. You know, it's, it's what I'm saying. Is it is the starting point love? Is the starting point exalting Christ? Uh, is the starting point humility? And I'll, God, give me the courage to say this. God, give me the courage to say this and then listen to the response that he or she is going to throw back. Okay? And that response could be a very valid uh, reason 
prophetic word that I may be off. And man, spend time in God's word. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian and they're not Christians here, then I would say this. Going back to the beginning. I mean, God has just begun. That's why I'm here. I want you to see that. You may not hear that from me. You may be like, you know, you say you're here to form me and just perform for me. I'm like, no, I'm here to form you. Okay. You may not. If you don't receive it here, then I pray you receive it somewhere else. But God has just begun. And all this happens in and only in in Jesus Christ. He's the good shepherd. He gives gifts according to the grace given us. The gift doesn't stop. So, you know, when you, when you look at your life, and let's say you're a student, and there are leadership opportunities. Let's say you're in college, and there are leadership opportunities. Let's say you're a husband, and there are always leadership opportunities. You know, where are you starting from? Start from Jesus Christ. And then he will give you prophetic words to use in your relationships, in both business In school, he may take a gift and inspire you to go across the world. He may not. He may have you right here. I mean, it's the miraculous thing about the Holy Spirit. He gives gifts. He strengthens gifts. And, man, it just never ends. That's why I say, man, it is all good in Jesus. It's an adventure. It's a creative adventure. And we as a body, we need to hear that, not just from me, but from the Holy Spirit, but need to be fired up about that. Much more so than football, and I like football, even though there weren't great games yesterday. No, not knocking anybody, okay? And we need to be more fired up about that than, than anything else in the world. And I get fired up about sports, and I get fired up about uh, performance and the arts and drama and things that entertain me. But the greatest thing is the truth. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Whosoever believes in him, he equips, here's the prophetic part, he equips for an adventure that will never, ever end. And it can begin today. And it can begin again today. I pray it would. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, just work on us. Supernaturally lift people up and inspire people for something greater. Do it right now. In the power of you, Jesus, amen.